This is GabNet, the great American broadcast network. Talk radio like you've never heard it before. Welcome into the exchange. It's Rob Alfano, and it's a Wednesday night, a special night, and we'll talk about that in just a few moments. You're going to give us a call on Skype in a little while, GabNet Live, where you can call us at 347 352 0079. We'll tell you more about that in just a minute, okay? Well, good evening and welcome into the program. It's Rob Alfano here and uh, we are on a Wednesday night. It's a special night. I wanted to start the program off a little bit differently today because it's a, it's a, I was working all day today and I did not get to see it uh, could have been uh, Derek Jeter's last game at Yankee Stadium Um and I wanted to start the broadcast off with something a little bit different tonight. You know, people who know me know that I'm an avid Yankee fan. But beyond the team, there is the captain of the team, number two, Derek Jeter. And I am a big Derek Jeter fan, as are so many people. Not even, they don't have to be a Yankee fan to be a Derek Jeter fan. It's been an illustrious 20-year career uh, that has been played out in just one uniform. And that's a rarity in sports today. But rarefied air is what Derek Jeter has been breathing for so many years. Here's a brief rundown of just some of the accomplishments over his last two decades. He was a New York Yankee captain since 2003, one of only 13 players to ever be captain of the Yankees. A five-time World Series champion, a five-time Gold Glove Award winner, a five-time Silver Slugger Award winner, a two-time Hank Aaron Award winner, the 1996 Rookie of the Year Award winner, the 2000 World Series MVP winner, the 2000 Babe Ruth winner, award winner, the 2000 All-Star Game MVP award winner. He's a 14-time All-Star selected person, 2009 Roberto Clemente award winner, and the 2009 Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year winner. He is also a member of the 3000 Hit Club. And speaking of the 3000 Hit Club, in typical Derek Jeter fashion, I was watching the game. That 3,000 hit came, of course, at Yankee Stadium. Where else? It was a home run. And it was part of a day where he went four for five as the captain. Now, I knew that someday this day would eventually come. And as uh, I've been a, a long-time Yankee fan, as was my dad, and I remember the CBS Yankee years in the mid-60s. That's when I first started to come into what baseball was. The Yankees were in the dumps. And I remember the resurgence of the mid-70s when a shipping magnet by the name of George M. Steinbrenner purchased the team from CBS, promising the city of New York that he would return glory to this once-glorious franchise. And then there were so many stars along the way. I could name a ton of them. Reggie Jackson, Thurman Munson, Don Mattingly. There are so many. But it was this skinny shortstop 
who came up in late 1995, who we were told would be our starting shortstop the following year. That captivated all Yankee fans very quickly. Today, Derek Jeter played his second-to-last game at Yankee Stadium. It was a day game today. And with all of his accomplishments, the Yankees lost today, by the way, he has always put the team first. And be, and with today's loss, the Yankees are officially out of the playoffs. Um, so he has a few more games left, and this would be one of the first times in his career where he's actually playing in meaningless games. But that was never more evident today as him putting the team first uh, when all the reporters were clamoring around him to ask him how he was feeling, knowing that he only had one game left to play at home after 20 years. Derek Jeter still put the team first. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, it's it's um, it's what you play for. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a rough feeling. It should be a rough feeling for, for everyone in here. Um, you know, we, we didn't play well enough and, and uh, put a lot of work into a off season and a season to get an opportunity to go to the playoffs. And and unfortunately, we're not going. And this is something that um, for the guys that are coming back and continuing to play, it's, it's a feeling that you shouldn't like and you shouldn't want to get used to. You mentioned as a team you didn't play well enough. What do you think was the main cause as to why you guys struggled? Uh, we just I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Um I don't know if you can say there's one main reason. You know, we just did not play well enough. You know, we had stretches where we played good, then we had stretches where we didn't play good, but uh, we had too many of the bad stretches. So it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's rough because, uh, you know, that's our goal. Does being knocked out now change anything heading into tomorrow? Uh, no. Come here, we got another game to play. Um, so hopefully the... Uh, Weather cooperates and and uh, we come on and try to win a game. You nervous? What kind of work? when you go to bed tonight? You think about tomorrow. What were your thoughts? Be final final home. Don't know. I haven't gone to bed yet tonight, so I can't tell you about tomorrow. But um, yeah, it's getting more and more difficult. You know, I try to put it out of my mind, but it's it's getting more and more difficult to uh, to do that. Do you kind of drive yourself to games? And do you come in the same way you always come in tomorrow? And do I do. I drive myself uh-huh. to the games. Um, you know, in traffic, I mean, switch it up every once in a while. And we go through the same routine you usually go through tomorrow? I mean, when you think about this is the last time I'll see this got guard, is that passing? I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's a better question for tomorrow, I guess. Um, I don't know. We wanted you out there for a curtain call after your last at bat. Is that just not the kind of situation uh, you would do that? Uh, the game wasn't over. You know what I mean? We're, we're trying to come back, so... Um, you know, I heard him cheering, but Chase is tweeting too, so I don't want to interrupt his at bat. So uh, I've always appreciated everything that the fans have done, but uh, in that particular moment, uh, you know, we're trying to come back. You know, right now it feels bad. I mean, we didn't play well enough. Um, that's the bottom line. I can't tell you what tomorrow is going to feel like. I really can't. Um, but right now, it doesn't feel well. You know, we we're all disappointed. We should be disappointed. Um, you know, we, we're sorry to the organization and all the fans because, you know, they ex- come to expect us to be in the playoffs and, and we're not the shit. Derek, do you plan on playing Boston all three games? Buddy, I'm, I, we just lost, man. Yeah. I mean, respect the fact that we just lost. We're not going to playoffs. I, mean, I can't think about Boston. Right now I'm disappointed. We come, we got to play here tomorrow. So I, I can't tell you about Boston because I'm not thinking about Boston. 
So that could have been one of his, the, actually the last interview post game at his locker at Yankee Stadium because tomorrow's weather in New York is calling for rain. Over this season, Derek has been honored in pretty much every city the Yankees have played in. He's been given gifts, not only for him, but for his Turn 2 Foundation, which is a charity run by his family. It has been fascinating to hear some of the things that people have said about him, not only his teammates, but players from every other team in baseball and actually many, many sports. Here are just a few of the Baltimore Orioles players who were in town reflecting on being part of history, playing in Derek Jeter's final games at Yankee Stadium. Oh, it was, mean a lot, you know, some guy to watch when a grown-up play. He is my idol. We're going to play against him. We want to win, but... I want him to go, you know, do something special before he leaves too, you know. I'm happy, you know, I'm going to be excited to, to see his last game and the way, the, the way the fans receive it everywhere he goes. This last off season, I had a bunch of people right when the schedule came out ask, for me, uh, ask me for tickets for this game or for this series. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, it's going to be Jeter's last home game. So I've known about it for a while. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be, you know, I'm sure it's going to be great. Ever since we heard in spring training, all the guys, relievers, were kind of like, I wonder who's going to be the last one to face them. So it's been, uh, it's been crazy. And I can't believe we're here now. So uh, these last, these last few months have been crazy thinking about now that's here. I already made a Facebook post. I already called my parents. Let everybody know, you know, these next four days are, is watching history in the making. And uh, like I said, it's going to be hard to watch him leave the field. The same token, what he's meant to the game. But uh, baseball will go on. We're happy that you know he's had a great career and and uh, looking forward to his retirement. And we, we wish him well in his retirement. It's been amazing. Uh, you know, I grew up watching him play. <laughs> Don't mean to make him feel old or anything, but like that. But uh, he's a guy, you like, when you think of the New York Yankees, you think Derek Jeter. And so, uh, you know, we're happy to see him go, obviously being an opponent. But uh, he's been great for the game. Um, you know, he's a great guy. Everyone speaks highly of him. Uh, but to not see him manning shortstop uh, next year is going to be it's going to be interesting. You know, like I said, uh, I think a lot of people when they think baseball, you think Derek Jeter. So um, we're happy that you know he's had a great career and and uh, looking forward to his retirement. And we, we wish him well in his retirement. And for you being in the AL East, what's that been like? I mean, just being able to play against him and have the opportunity to play against somebody who's going to go down as one of the best in baseball. It's been a privilege. I mean, anytime you've had the opportunity to face a, a you know a Hall of Famer that caliber of a player on the field and then a caliber of person he is off the, the field. Uh, it's been awesome. You know, the interactions we've had, I mean, I've never played with him, but he's always been, uh, you know, when I first came up as a young guy in 2011, he was maybe one of the first guys that said something to me about congratulations or, hey, you got good stuff and stuff like that. And I mean, that just sticks with you when you're a young player and a, a guy of his caliber comes up to you because you're, you're kind of nervous. You don't want to approach him, uh, but he's been a great guy. When I was in New York a few weeks ago, I took my wife to Yankee Stadium for her first visit, and I made sure that I watched Derek play whenever he came up to the plate, because I knew it was going to be the last opportunity I would have to see him. I remember growing up and hearing my father and my uncles and, you know, all the older folks talk about how they witnessed the play of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and Yogi Berra, Willie Mays, and all the greats from their era. And now I know that someday I'll be able to say that I had a front row seat to watch the great Derek Jeter play. When I think back on the past 20 years, all I can say is, thank you, Derek Jeter. You have filled these past 20 years with so many amazing moments. If I were to edit a highlight package, a video highlight package of all of his plays, there's no telling how long that package might run. I think there's just too many. In postseason alone, Derek Jeter has played in 152 games. 
That's 10 shy of a full season just in postseason play. 61 games in the ALDS, 53 games in the ALCS, and 38 games in the World Series. Incredible. Now, if tomorrow's game isn't rained out, fans will have one more opportunity to say a final goodbye to him and another Yankee legend legend as well. Longtime Yankee public address announcer Bob Shepard, who has been announcing Yankee home games since Joe DiMaggio wore pinstripes. Now, Bob passed away in 2010, but his voice has been kept alive at Yankee Stadium because Derek Jeter insisted that the recorded voice of Bob introduce him as he retires. So if Derek, if Derek Jeter gets a chance to play his final game in the Bronx tomorrow, it'll be the last time that Yankee fans will hear Bob introduce Derek Jeter coming to bat. Now batting for the Yankees, number two, Derek Jeter. And that wraps up my little tribute to someone who could be the best all-around athlete, role model, and even larger than that, man, that I will ever see in my lifetime. I say we take a quick break, and then we'll come back, open up the Citizen Panel, and take your calls. We'll be right back. Every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, the competition is fierce on Gabnet's newest game, Exam, with your host, Rob Alfano. Famous movie quotes. What we've got here is a failure to communicate. Rin, I heard your name. Rin. Oh my god, I've forgotten the name of the movie. Doug, Doug. Hang on, she's... Wait a minute, wait. I can see her. I, yeah. oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. Doug, go ahead. Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke is right. That's right. I could picture the scene and everything. Doug, uh, your choice. Uh, stick with the same category. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid... Charlie. Charlie. Rin. 2001 A Space Odyssey That's correct Oh, that's a great movie <laughs> Brings you up to 15 Charlie has 15 Doug has 8 Rin has 6 And Teresa has 3 So join us as a contestant Friday night at 9pm Eastern On exam Only on GabNet all right, we are back, and the Citizen Panel is open. GabNet Live is what you call, and we have a telephone number of 347-352-0079. We are joined by Rin, and we're joined by Damien this evening. Good evening, folks. Good evening. How are you folks howdy, howdy. tonight? Huh? How's it going? Good. So I, I, I didn't get a chance to watch the game today, and I've been sort of... You know, with this program, it it sort of has been. I, I try to watch a lot of the baseball games. You know, sort of highlights and stuff. I'm watching a lot less baseball this year than I have in the past because I'm busy doing this. Um, but I'm sort of. I can't explain it. I mean, Jeter is a real big part of my life. He's been for 20 years. It's it's so I felt like I really wanted to do something tonight, especially because he may never play again. Um, in pinstripe. So I took the time to do it um and and just show a little appreciation for all of the the, the years of I, I I can't even tell you how many memories over the years that uh he's he's brought me. We're also joined by Doug Dupuy. Good evening, Doug. But we're not hearing Doug. Oops, he got booted, I guess. No. So anyway, that's just uh you know a couple of minutes there I wanted to do at the very top. Um, anybody have anything uh, about that or anything else that uh, you'd like to talk about before we move into some some news headlines and stuff? Well, have you met him personally? Oh, you know, I'll tell you. I, he's I, 
I never got a chance to meet him. I've met a lot of Hall of Famers over my time. And when I, I worked at the stadium before he started, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, so I didn't never got to meet him. That would be a thrill. Uh, none of the guys are the core four that they call them who are, um, uh, uh, you know, Andy Pettit, uh, Mar- Mariano Rivera, uh, Jorge Posada and, um, Derek Jeter. Have I had a chance to meet? They're all, it came a little bit later. Um, so what are you going to do? But, um, I feel like I know him. That's for sure. <laughs> Doug, you're with us now, huh? Yeah, it always takes two tries to get through Gabnet there. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So, um, like I said, any 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 other uh, anything you guys want to mention? I have some interesting. Um, we've been talking about uh, what's going on. You got Derek Jeter on one side, and then on the other side, you got the the folly that is the NFL and all the things that are going on with the NFL. <laughs> and um, and uh, I don't know. Are, are any of you familiar with a guy by the name of Bill Simmons? Bill Simmons is a uh, commentator for ESPN. He also has his own podcast, and I believe his podcast is also owned by ESPN. But his podcast is called The Bullshit Report, and he's <laughs> he's calling bullshit. So uh, on Roger Goodell, listen to this. I just think not enough is being made out of the fact that they knew about the tape and they knew it was on it. Yeah. Goodell, if he didn't know what was on that tape, he's a liar. I'm just saying it. He is lying. I think that dude is lying. If you put him up on a lie detector test, that guy would fail. And, and it, it, for he's all these people to pretend they didn't know is, is such f-ing bullshit. It really is. It's such f-ing bullshit. And for him to go in that press conference and yeah. pretend otherwise, I was so insulted. Right. Well, I really mean, was. Is, is nobody going to lose their job over this? Because if he didn't know about it, which I think he did, his first in command for sure knew about it. Like they didn't keep the secret from everybody. This was right. just the Ravens' dirty little secret. But so. that's the thing: when you're the leader, you're in charge, and that's it. And you that's take right. accountability, and the people work for you, and ultimately they represent you. And if if you screwed up as an institution in some way, take accountability for it. And he, the the best point that a lot of people have made about this is that this is exactly why he fi- he fined and suspended Sean Payton for a season. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton was like, I didn't know. He's like, well, ignorance is not a whatever. And and suspended him for a year. This is the same exact situation, and it's worse because he right. knew. Yep. And he's a liar. Well, anyway. the, best, the best thing to come out of this by far is uh, you calling for um, Belichick's resignation over Spygate um, 45 <laughs> years later. But I do like it. Well, the interesting thing about Spygate is they didn't make those rules until the 2007 season. Yeah. Everyone's like, you cheated to win the three Super Bowls. They didn't cheat. There were no rules in place. They cheated right. in that Jets game in 2007. They lost the first-round pick because of it. Mm-hmm. But I just think uh, – It's not the same. I know. I'm clearly kidding around. But, yeah, no, they – No, no, I, no, it is. But there are same, similar elements. But yeah. I think Rice – listen, the Ravens released him, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But he has a total case with this appeal because if he went in there – and he told Goodell exactly what happened in the tape. Sure. And Goodell or somebody who worked for him had seen the tape. And Goodell's reaction was, you were suspended for two games. You can then no longer go back and change that suspension. Right. Ray Rice isn't playing football this year. It doesn't matter. Right. But Goodell looked at all the evidence and he said, two games. That was his decision. He had all the evidence. There's nothing he didn't know. 
Yeah. Anyway, this whole thing really pisses me off, and I don't know why. I, mean, I think I'm getting cranky because I'm turning 45 this week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> big, big birthday. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'll let you win. You're down one nothing. Let's. I let's... don't like liars. I, really, like I, I, I think just people who, when you know they're lying and they're lying anyway, mm-hmm. those are the worst people. So yeah. we know you're lying. I hear you. Look, I, I hate when you cheat on the lines. You say you didn't see it the day before, and then you pick uh, like seven exactly. But I, I have to go along with it. That's so. like that's why I'm such a weirdo. I would never <laughs> cheat on the lines. It's like so important to me. I was like in weird weird integrity about it. And Roger Goodell has no integrity whatsoever. Uh, all right, let's move on. Green Bay yeah. at Chicago Sunday. Green Bay at Chicago. I really hope somebody calls me or emails me and says I'm in trouble for anything I say about no, Roger Goodell. No, I don't. Goodell. I think because it's pretty if, safe. if one person says that to me. I'm going public. You leave me alone. We may the commissioner's have to a liar, and I get to talk about that on my podcast. Thank there you. There you go. We'll bleep the F and the BS maybe, but the other lies. We'll bleep that. Yeah, we can bleep that. Yeah. Please call me and say I'm in trouble. I dare you. You are fired up. See that? Now, nobody from ESPN is, uh, is, has made any kind of comment yet. So, and that happened yesterday, that podcast. So they've reached, they tried to reach out to one of the VPs of programming at ESPN and there's no, there's no comment yet. So uh, I guess they're, they're okay with it, which is a good thing. Damien, you had your hand up. Well, yeah, I was only going to say that I kind of agree with he was saying and, you know, he either, he either knew exactly what happened and he was evil or he didn't know what was going on and he was a dumbass. And he was either a dumbass because people were shielding him from the facts, which I don't actually believe, or he's a dumbass because he interpreted these facts in his own gave it gave it his own spin and um because he's a moron uh he didn't think that it was such a big deal um you know i don't know which one to believe you know you know i want to believe that he was ignorant and that he he was not shown this stuff you know um i i have have trouble believing that i have trouble believing that because (laughs) rice said he told him he you know you you can you can go on and talk about plausible deniability right but this is not a case of plausible deniability because the player went right to him the player came forth right away and was honest about it evil i mean that's evil he's been playing ever since this all happened he's been damage control first is damage control for his player and then give him a light sentence. Hopefully everybody will forget about it. And then all of a sudden TMZ grabs this video. And then all of a sudden it's like, I didn't see it. And then the cops said, oh, he had it. And, you know, or the motel said they had it. And then it's sort of like, well, I'm going to throw him under the bus. And I'm going to come out and make this great speech saying, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this. And, and and actually, I mean, I, I do think it was kind of like a double jeopardy that happened with the player there. I mean, I'm not a football fan. I, I'm just – yeah, but it, it, it's still, and I don't condone what that guy did. But yeah, as I said, it's like okay, you give him this, and then now I'm sure the players like what? Yeah, I but think, he's still gonna get, he's still gonna get paid though. So I'm not gonna. You know, I don't feel that sorry for him. No, well, it's I think you know Goodell and and the rest of the the brass at the NFL thought that it was you know Teflon bulletproof, and you know this will blow over. Yeah. We'll give him a couple of games suspension, and he'll be back. But some that video struck chords with a lot of people, as it should, and now uh, they're calling for someone's head. And you know, the man at the top usually um, 
you know, takes it on the chin when that happens. By the way, we're joined by Jason. Uh, Jason McKinney has joined us, and uh, he joined us during the soundbite there. I didn't get a chance to say hello to him. How are you tonight, Jason? I'm pretty good. Any thoughts on this? (laughs) I just, I'm so not into sports. I just, you know, the whole story, somebody hit their wife or whatever, you know, that's the issue. Well, yeah, and and I agree with you. I wouldn't want to talk football. Because I don't really talk X's and O's in football, for sure. But this fascinates me, see, because it's the mighty NFL. It's the well, almighty it, it, it NFL. It shouldn't be. It, you know, as I said before, even, like, I don't pay attention to actors and actresses and singers and all who their names are and everything. I sure as hell don't pay attention to sports people. You're freaking, you know, you're entertainers. You're just there to entertain me, do your little dance and entertain me. I don't care what the hell else, you know. Yes, that one they're be forgotten about. What did you say, Doug? Uh, I, I just said, and then when they're done, then they get, you know, when they get old and they're not no longer useful, they get tossed out and forgotten about. Well, that's kind of that's kind of what happens. Yeah, I mean, Damien. Go ahead, Damien. You know, it, it did bring attention to spousal abuse, and that's important. But you know, just it, it's. You know, it should be concentrating on that issue. Now, who knew what, who knew when, blah, 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 you know, I don't know. It's- well, I think that's been talked through. We, I think, you know, that's the underlying, we, we, we get that, I think. We get that any kind of abuse like that, spousal abuse on either side is a bad thing. Uh, I think what's interesting is um, just in my mind, it's it's this attacking of this almighty franchise this almighty nfl we're joined by rick and Teresa. how are you tonight how you feeling rick you better i'm human again (laughs) (laughs) i was real that's what we heard he was still in italy no we're actually we're at the hotel right by the airport we fly out tomorrow and oh, uh, we oh. want to call in and say hi to everybody and goodbye. Wow! <laughs> I, I, I thought you left there for Monday, so I'm saying, yeah, you're still in Italy. Oh, no, he's been. He, no, he, I've been sick since last Thursday. He would not have been able to get on the air on an airplane. Wow, that's uh, sick. So yeah, I, I was I, figuring that since sure. since you have your laptop with you, that we would see you during your trip once or twice, and you could update us on. Once or twice, it's a possibility. I mean, it's it'll be 3 a.m. I forgot about the time difference. Yeah, you you won't be. I have to say, Alex has a little better shot because we can get there to be 5 a.m. maybe or even 5.30 and just pop on and say he will, hi. He will not see me either. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can pre-record Vacation. something for us <laughs> and send it to me and I'll play it. <laughs> maybe you can get a hold of David and the two of you can call in bleary-eyed. There you go. <laughs> Just keep feeding the bottles of wine. Maybe she'll still be up. Oh, yeah. Bottles of wine and grappa. No, you have to counteract everything. So you're st- <laughs> you said you're staying at a hotel at the moment? Yeah, we're down at the uh, Hampton Inn by JFK. Oh, okay. Because uh, yeah, So you're close to the airport when you... Yeah, we drove down today with, with our friends and just with less aggravation for tomorrow and worrying about traffic. Absolutely, yeah. What time is your flight? Oh, not until tomorrow evening at 5.30, but... We have to be at the airport around two thirty for international right. flights. Right, oh, so right. got a few things to do, take care of, run around, and then we'll just chill at the airport. I mean, it took us four and a half hours, three, four hours, four, four hours. hours to get here from our house today. Wow! So we do not want to deal with that tomorrow. And so. the weather, I hear, isn't great there in New York. Right now, it's fine. It's beautiful. 
Oh, it is? Yeah, I know they're yeah. talking like tomorrow's going to rain. Uh, I, was, I was talking about the Yankee game, the final game getting rained out. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that's right. what they're talking Just about. It's no big deal. If it's not thunderstorms, that really doesn't interfere with flights too bad. Yeah, yeah. That's, I actually uh, was recording that because it's, you know, Derek Jeter's final uh, home game. Exactly. I, I just did a whole little thing on him t- at the top of the program. Played some sound of Jeter talking about, you know, because today is the, the day that they were knocked out of the playoffs. There's no chance for them to make it. And so I played some sound of, of, of him and I played some sound of some other players in the league who um, had some nice things to say about him and and of course, I played a little Bob Shepard and in introducing Derek Jeter because it'll be the last time the Yankee fans will hear Bob Shepard once right. Derek retires. That's right. Yeah, he's packing it in too. Yep. So Jeter's yeah. yeah. really a classy guy. He is. Uh, uh, and and it's I, I don't even know. You know, I'm not one of these people who gets overly you know emotional over you know like like Jason was saying before sports figures or movie stars or whatever but Jeter is a special case because uh, just uh, the person that he is you know yeah, absolutely. did you see Teresa is the one who turned turn me on to it the commercial they have of him walking around and absolutely it, yes and that kind of choked me up when I saw it. I felt the same way you get chills and then you get choked up there's a couple of those out there there's the one that Gatorade put together uh, yeah, that's the one we're talking with, about well there's the one where, the, where he's he starts out at the plate and he's he tips oh. his hat the way he always does, and the, the 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 pitcher then tips his hat, and then the coach does, and then oh. people in the stands, and then some Red Sox fans, and it goes on, and it's oh, there's another oh. just a, amazing, another amazing commercial. There's a bunch of them that really bring up a, a lot of emotion. It's 20 years, and I've been. Yeah, you know, you get invested in somebody like that because he hasn't let you down. You know, you could talk he's about been a clutch guy all along, and 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 like I said, he's a class act. It's, yeah, I was talking about his three thousandth hit. He he joined the three thousand hit club, and he did it in Jeter style. He did it with a home run at Yankee Stadium, where he went four for five on that day. I'll never forget that day. That's just amazing. It's like storybook. Everything he does is like a storybook. So, and even the end of the, the season this year, all of a sudden, he just went on a tear. He did. He had a seven-game hitting streak. He went 0 for 4 today with a strikeout. But uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I saw that. He didn't look too happy. Yeah, he wasn't happy. And that's, you know, here he is. Everybody's asking him, so tomorrow's the last game. And all he kept saying was, you know, I feel pretty bad right now. You know, we're not going to the playoffs, and, and that's what we need to do. And, you know, I'm sorry for the Yankee yeah, fans. And for the- yeah, he did, yeah, he didn't make it about himself. He made it all about the team and all that, which showed what a class guy he was. Hey, was he the one? I, I don't follow baseball at all, but did he, didn't him and Madonna used to date at one time or something? Or was that a, no, it no. wasn't Madonna. He, uh, I think Madonna dated A Rod. He dated right, right, right. Okay, yeah, he dated, I, I remember him. Yeah, okay. He dated Mariah Carey in the very early days. Very oh. Yeah, That's not he, he's dated a lot of very famous. Uh, he's dating a starlet now, but uh, according to Jeter, part of the reason why he wants to retire outside of the fact that he's now forty is because he does want to concentrate on his personal life and raise a family and have kids. And that's he nice, not you know. Forty, by the way. I'm sorry. He doesn't look like he's forty. No, he doesn't. He certainly doesn't. I mean, he. I don't know. Where I'm sitting, forty looks pretty damn young to me. <laughs> forty is the new thirty. Damn it. Yeah, that's. Uh, but to be on top of your game like that, you know, it must be very difficult to keep up. You know, I know what it's. You know, yeah. I feel the same as I did. Not really close. 
but and I'm 57. But uh, you know, when you're when you're got your body finely tuned like that, it must be more and more difficult every year to ramp it up. You know, right. that's that's the reason why these guys yeah. tough years. Say again, Rick. I just had a couple of tough years trying to recover from that broken leg. Yeah, exactly. Last year, he missed the whole season except for like 13 games, which he probably should have just kept him out um, because then he re-injured it a little bit because, it, you know, it wasn't so much his ankle anymore. It became about an atrophy of his legs because he didn't condition himself the way he would have had he had, he had the whole offseason to condition himself. So you take a chance with a guy like that, but at least we got – he was fine this year. I mean, for a 40-year-old yeah, player – I mean, he's not, not the Derek Jeter of, of old, but no. he's still damn good, and I'd still take him on my team any day of the week. Absolutely. I, you know, if he changed his mind, I don't know that I'd want him batting second next year. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, I'd rather have a, you know, because who's, who's left? A-Rod will be back next year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I never like that guy. He is, he is so the antithesis of clutch. He's exactly. He's, he's a great regular season player. Well, he I mean, he was a big part of the 2009 championship. If it wasn't yeah, for him, we had, we had one good year. Yeah. yeah he, even in postseason, he was uh, a big part of that win. So right. you have to give him that. But a lot of his stuff, it's like to share as another choke artist, oh, yeah. you know, just non clutch all the time. You look at a guy. Remember, Paul O'Neill. The guy was Mr. Clutch. He always came through for you. Those Yankee teams, even if they were down, you knew you just had to hang on until you got to the relievers in the, st- in, in the pitching staff and you were going to shut the other and broke That's through right. their starter and you were going to shut through and beat those guys no matter what happened. You know what I think separates guys like Rivera and Jeter from like maybe Teixeira and, and, and A-Rod? And st- not so much A-Rod, but Teixeira especially because to me is a choke artist. Yeah. Is that when you listen to, to Jeter today in the press conference – uh, after his game, he kept saying, I can't think about tomorrow. You're asking me about something that I, I he, he can, he has that ability, even with everything going on around him to live in the moment, to mm. shut everything else out and live in the moment. And I think if you can do that, they say that that's why people enjoy jumping out of airplanes and they enjoy those, those things that, that, that are, you know, they give you that feeling of impending death because they make you feel you live in that moment, and it's the most exciting and the best place to live. You shouldn't be looking ahead. You shouldn't be looking behind. You should live in the moment. Right. Yeah, but the difference is those people are able to focus on that and channel that energy. Exactly. That, that thrill. All right? The problem with some of these guys, they can't keep that focus. They get overwhelmed by whatever else is going on around them. I mean, every you talk about all the distractions this year. Every stadium that they've gone to, they have had a, a ceremony at one of the games for his goodbye. They gave him gifts. They gave him, you know, plaques. They have, you know, pr- tributes to him, all kinds of th- videos they play. And then this guy at that moment has to then focus on the game. And the only way you can do that is to just put all of that stuff out of your mind and live in that moment. And that is not easy to do. No, that is not easy to do. And and, and that's why they keep they keep saying to him. So you know, are you going to place the you know this weekend in Boston in the final three games of the season? He's like, and he I think he's honestly answering, saying, "We just lost here today. We have a game tomorrow. I'm not thinking about the weekend. Right. The, the no, weekend I, will take care of itself when we get there. And that's right. how it, it, that's how you're successful. I think. Obviously, the talent you have to have too, but. 
I think, you know, Mark Desher has plenty of talent, but I think he's distracted by too much. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just a guess. But when you hear him always talk about tomorrow is tomorrow, we have something to do right now. Yeah. And that's that, that's key, I think. That's a good point. That's yeah, that's a common thread with, with, you know, the greats. Yeah, I would think so. So anyway, we've talked about Derek Jeter and uh, sports. A- anybody hear about uh, – <laughs> and I don't understand where this came from. Uh, there are all these cell towers in the D.C. area that nobody knows who they belong to. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, an independent investigation found fake cell phone towers popping up all over this D.C. area. The towers are located near the White House, the United States Capitol, and the Supreme Court. It begs the question, who's behind these towers? Sure. We know that unless you have special piece of equipment, you'd never know that your phone is connected to one of these so-called non-network towers. The federal government will neither confirm nor deny that they use such towers for law enforcement purposes, but technology experts say it is a simple example of how none of us really know who is prying into our electronic lives. It uh, could be terrorists. Exactly. And nobody is fessing up to these towers. So why don't they, why doesn't somebody go ahead and disable those towers Hello. and see what happens? Good point. Yeah. I mean, but if you don't know whose they are, who I, I cares? If you're not going to fess up, we're, we're asking. It must be on somebody's property, right? I mean, why isn't this? Well, city you see, saying, you, you rent this the is property. On our property illegally, tear it down. You rent the property for the tower. That's not, you know, the, the people who own well, the tower. Who's top. renting the property then? I don't know, but it, it seems to me that you would find out pretty damn quick if you threatened to destroy these towers or take them down or just exactly. disable them somehow. Right. What are we? I mean, you know, I have to call BS on that because you know, I work for the phone company. These towers—they're not just a wireless hub; they're connected by fiber optics or connected by copper into telephone networks. So the, nobody, the, there's not a such thing as a tower unless it's fake and it's not connected to anything whatsoever. You know, but they know who's a, who they are. They being who? The federal government. Well, I'm guessing that based on the report that they've already done that initial investigation and could not find who they were, who they belong to. Well, there's a little bit more to the story. Um, there's a company out there called uh, a tech company called EDS America. And last week they scanned several locations in D.C. looking for fake cell phone towers. And according to this, uh, um, his name is Buzz Bruner of EDS America says we found about 15 different encounters in downtown DC and about three outside of DC. These locations include the white house and once connected to the fake uh, and once connected to the fake tower, Bruner says uh, your phone is an open book. Uh, They can listen to all your calls and they can grab all of your texts. Uh, The survey was done by a, a company that builds and sells cell phones um, but they are unlikely, they're unlike any cell phone. Oh, I, I, something's wrong here with this story. Uh, they're talking about this, uh, something got gib- gibberish. I, I didn't read this story all the way through. Um, and it's not in a proper order. I don't know why, but in any event, um, 
The federal government has spent the last year defending its electronic surveillance program in the wake of the Edward Snowden scandal. Uh, scandal. U.S. officials have reportedly said that they only collect information on specific targets. However, documents leaked from Snowden have shown that the government's reach has uh, often gone far beyond what it has publicly admitted to. So it is very possible that these towers do belong to the government, but they're not saying. Go ahead, uh, Jason. Well, uh, Damien was first. I'm sorry. I didn't see. I, Damien? I was just going to say, you know, I saw an article about this a couple weeks ago, and um, the article actually indicated that the we had no idea who these towers belonged to, and for all we know, these towers belong to terrorists, and that they're actually using them to monitor um, the United States uh, cell phone uh, activity. Now, I don't actually believe that, but um, I think it's more likely that these are um, government-installed ones that, you know, just we don't know anything about. Um, But it's kind of weird that we have cell phone towers that we can't actually trace to anybody. Yeah. Jason? See, you know, I would call, like I said, BS out because maybe it's possible that they're government towers, but... Or they just lost the paperwork and the permits and the licenses for these towers because you're not connecting them to other people's networks without them knowing. You know, it's different technology that runs like AT&T phones versus Verizon phones. You know, that's why these phones are so-called locked or whatever and you have to, you know, uh, hijack them or unlock them because there's different technology that runs them. You know, everybody has their own stuff. There might be space in a different tower that other companies are running out to use that tower, but... You, you can't connect it to somebody's network without them knowing. Why? I mean, you, you've never. I mean, what about cyber uh, security breaches? Who's going don't to you think? Don't you think that AT and T and Verizon and T Mobile and everybody has a contract with the U.S. government in order to get an FCC permit? That tells that says basically that the U.S. government can use their networks without really them knowing it. I mean, if the U.S. government approached the AT and T and said, "We're going to build a tower here and we're going to tap into your network," and AT and T said, "Okay, why?" and the U.S. government said, "You don't need to know. Here's our warrant." Um, you know, what could they do? They're just going to build a tower. They're going to allow the government to use their network. What are they supposed to do? AT and T would say, "Thank you for expanding our network." <laughs> I, I will, well, I, yeah, but they, yeah, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't, but, um, they wouldn't but, prevent the tower from being built, and they still wouldn't know why the tower was being built and for what purpose. So well, I thought it would not be terrorists. I, all right, but I, I could, I could uh, tell you something that I ran across, and I don't know that this has anything to do with it, but it is kind of you know, big brotherish when it comes to cell phones. I worked for the, uh, for a bank, a, a very uh, a federal home loan bank, um, here in, in the DC area for a brief period of time. And I was considered to be, um, a, a person of high, uh, in the event of an emergency, I was considered to be somebody who was important at this particular time. And for that, they gave me a cell phone. It's the same cell phone number I use now. I just transferred my number. I've been transferring my number around. So it's, it's, it was an uh, AT&T account. And I, had a, I was given a card. And I was set up on some system somewhere that any time in an emergency, 
It could have been a 9-11 type emergency. It could be a power failure. It could be anything. All I had to do, my phone was somehow given extra priority, and I would get to make a phone call before anybody else. How do they do that if they're not tapped in? You, I'm sure you can just be bumped up on the network, you know, to say, you know, the the, the the government doesn't actually have to be tapped in for that. All all that has to, all that's needed is uh, for AT and T or whoever to uh, program in priority codes. Yeah. And uh, you know, when you dial a certain number first, you get that priority code. Okay, and it's probably it's probably standard on it's probably a requirement on all networks that they have these priority codes that you know uh, really important people can do this priority code. You know, and and get through before anybody else. All right, because it just seems like everybody's got their hooks in it. If, but you're right; it's probably some code that, like uh, the emergency broadcast system. You know, anybody yeah. who wants to have an FCC ID has to accept the emergency broadcast system. And if there's an emergency broadcast, the government is taking over your airwaves immediately. And that's that. You know, you have to agree to that in order to even get that license. So I imagine it might be a similar type thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just a little bit weird, and and uh, I, I would I think we, we we need to find out who the hell belongs to these t- cell phone towers or who they belong to. You know, I mean, it's a pretty simple thing. Why why can't we find I would, out? I wouldn't even say that the you know the government wouldn't even necessarily have to build them because if they want to tap into it. It's not hard for them to be able to do that. You know, they just probably lost the paperwork on who it belongs to. And they they could send somebody out there to open up the door and find stickers all over the thing to see who it belongs to. But when you have to have a cell tower every two miles, that's a crap load of cell towers. It's probably pretty easy to lose track of them. Right. And that's why they're worried about fakes popping up. And, and 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 how they get on how how your phone would latch on to a fake one you would need some sort of device according to the article you would need some sort of device to be able to uh, tell what tower your your phone is is connected to at any given time your phone will your just tower do that. your tower would have to be able to spoof like an AT and T tower in order for your my phone to connect to it automatically well shit I watch twenty four I know that stuff's possible. But I could, I could see the tower being able to fake out the phone and steal your information from your phone. But it's not going to be able to connect to the rest. They're connected by fiber optic cables. And I'm sorry, you're not going to – you have to send a shitload of trucks out there with somebody's logo on them who know how to splice fiber you know, or a copper. It, it, it's just it, – there's too much more involved. It, it doesn't run over the airways from my phone to your phone. It's connected by copper and fiber and going through switches and all of this. Right. Jason, you seem very knowledgeable about this. Uh, how much money would it take for you to uh, tell me uh, how to do this? <laughs> if I knew, I'd make more money than I do now. I'm a, I'm, a <laughs> I'm a technological moron. But it just seems to me if you can hack into somebody's phone and get the information out of that, why can't you do that through one of these towers? Towers don't communicate wirelessly. Towers communicate to each other. In the first place. I'm trying to. I'm, literally, I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass. How would a hacker get into your phone in the first place? It, same as they would in your computer. 
Okay. No, they, all they would have to do is um, program the tower, their fake tower, to right. spoof an AT&T or a T-Mobile or a Verizon or a Sprint tower. And once any AT&T or whatever phone comes into range of that tower, your phone thinking that tower is an AT&T tower will automatically connect to it. Right. And bam, your phone is open to any, everything. And it doesn't mean at that point it's going to work, but you're connected right. to the tower. Right. So and I think so, I must have connected one of those towers because every time my cell phone like just went crazy, where it, it's like uh, somebody tried to hook into your Facebook from Hong Kong using your password. If you're, if you're driving through the Midwest and your phone suddenly starts doing funky stuff and you suddenly don't get a signal or you get a signal but it's not working, I mean, are you really going to question it? Yeah. No, you're, you're just going to think there's something wrong with the phone lines. Yeah, there's always exactly. something going wrong. Just go, ah, who cares? That tower might be able to eavesdrop on you. That's what which, they're saying, eavesdrop. I, I could well, see that. eavesdrop, these days, eavesdrop means um, they're eavesdropping on your data usage. Yeah. And it depends on, you know, if you log into your bank account and I check my Chase bank account balance, bam, you've got they've got your Chase um, password and everything. Uh, maybe, if they have the decryption thing. Yeah. Well, well, you're not going to get very much from me. <laughs> me too. Watch on my phone. It's too vulnerable. Yeah. You know, today I was talking to somebody at work because my um, my uh, when I go to my brother's house in New York, he does not get reception. I think he lives out in, in Suffolk County near what used to be Grumman. It used to be all this defense stuff and in fact if you really do like a google maps uh, overhead his area a lot of it is grayed out you can't see and so anytime well, you're like calverton is, out toward calverton not quite as far out as calverton and further south but he 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 work he lives right near a former grumman site and it, when you look at the aerials from like google maps and you see a lot of the area is just blanked out you can't tell what it is and so a lot of times when I go there, I have I, I have AT&T, he has Verizon, you get no service anywhere near his house. And so what he did was he went out and he bought this Verizon thing that you plug into the wall and it uses your electric and it uses, I think, your Wi-Fi and he has five bars for Verizon in his house. But when I go there, I get nothing. Huh. So uh, now Jason is holding up something for us to see. Is that a, just your cable modem or... Can't hear you. No, your your mic's not oh, working. Your mic's Sorry, I was muted. Oh, it's called a microcell for the AT and T brand. Anyways, I don't have a signal at my house either. It's like a mini cell tower that works off the internet. Okay, so that's what he's using for Verizon, right? Now he doesn't he's have one that I could use. So when I go to his house. I'm dead. I have no cell, nothing for the whole time I'm there. So a friend of mine today said, uh, you know what you should do? You should look at Google Hangouts because Google Hangouts, there's an application you put on your phone and you get free, you get a free cell phone number or a free number. And then Google phone, I think it's called. Right. And then with that, I could forward my cell phone to that number. And then when I'm in my brother's house on his Wi-Fi, I'd be able to get my calls. And I thought to myself, that sounds great. But there's got to be a price for that. No, no, no. I don't mean a financial price. Yeah, the price is they, they record every single message you get. And they have a feature that that very thing has a feature where it will trans 
transcribe your voicemail into a text and it will actually email you the text of that voicemail. And I'm sorry, but Google is clearly dictating your voicemails to you. I mean, <laughs> I've even seen, I've had a coworker show me his voicemail where I left him a voicemail and, and every third word is uh and er and it, li- it literally transcribed every word that I did. And, wow. and it's a little frightening. Shit. Yeah, so you, you you know you wonder what it is that you sign up for, and we've talked about this before. When you put an application on your phone, what is the price of that application, that free application? And and we don't yeah. stop to think about By the that way, all that's, too often. That's a lovely new iPhone six. Yes, uh, I, I got it uh, this past weekend. You could tell from this distance, huh? Yeah. Did you Can you bend it? Oh, yeah. yeah, this is not the plus. This is the regular iPhone six. The plus, definitely. I mean, I think I could probably easily break this. No question about Don't it. Don't do it, please. Oh hell no! I mean, I'm certainly not going to do that. I love the phone, by the way. The phone is great. I I love the screen. I held them both in my hands, and it had to decide. I decided for the first time in my life ever that I wanted the cheaper one, because I thought the the six plus was just too big. I had the Galaxy Note 2, and it really was too big, you know, and I had to actually literally downgrade to a smaller screen. Yeah, I mean, this compared to the iPhone 5, this screen is just tremendous. Um, It's the same size as the S5, the Galaxy S5, which is what... And yeah, it's yeah, thinner. It's, it's basically the same size. And I know that you can, pro- if you put it in your back pocket, and sp- especially with my fat ass, you sit down and you're going to bend this son of a bitch. I, uh, I, I would never do that. So I mean, I don't expect to bend it because, uh, but I did. Does I put- it still fit in your cup holder in your car? It that's the important thing. Barely fits in the cup holder now. Yep, <laughs> that's the important thing. It must fit in your cup holder. <laughs> and I was concerned because it also just barely fits. I have a um, one of those squeezable holders. That, you know, you put on your uh, your vents, you know, it's a, a plastic holder, and it just barely fits in there, too. So, But I, I love it. I mean, I love the size. I love everything about it. And I didn't like the bigger one. I put them both in my pocket and wanted to see how they felt. This one won out. And it and it, you can't get the plus because everybody everybody's after the plus. But um, this this regular six is, is great. And, of course, we're talking about technology and who's joining us but Miranda. There's Miranda. How are you? How are you, Miranda? Oh, I'm just about to walk out of my office, but I can't help but comment on your current topic. Mm-hmm. It's not just the iPhone 6 Plus that will bend. The iPhone 6 will bend. The iPhone 5S will bend. The iPhone 5 will bend. And even the iPhone 4S will bend. So will the Galaxy Note, uh, the Galaxy Note 2, the Galaxy Note 3, the, the Samsung uh whatever uh never had what that it? problem it will happen though it's i'm sure you can have that problem people have to get used to the fact that we want thinner lighter phones and in doing so you cannot violate the properties of physics <laughs> <laughs> and my fat ass will do that if I'm not careful. Well, that's why the, the next gen is going to be, or you know, in the next ten years, we're going to see a flexible phone, and I guarantee you, it's going to be Samsung that produces it first. They already ah. have flexible displays. Yeah, I'm. I don't doubt you. We'll see. They have a curved phone too, but. I don't yeah. know how good it sits in your pocket. Samsung will edge. do it right. And, uh, yeah, no, it does not fit in your pocket. Well, 
I, uh, I, I'm hoping that I don't uh, wind up with the first uh, curved phone. So I don't, I don't think I will. <laughs> I'm pretty careful. In fact, I'm uh, I, I'm selling my iPhone five. I actually I am so like anal with this stuff. I keep it in such good shape. I have the original box. I never took out the the earbuds. I'm I'm selling this thing on eBay. I just gonna, I'm going to put it up on eBay. I got the original box. It looks brand new. And I, I know I'll get top dollar get for a it. Good penny for it too. Yeah, I mean I, it's crazy how much they're selling special? for. A, a Gabnet special. We could do a swap and shop. Hello, uh, Rob. Rob. I've got a, a an iPhone five for sale. <laughs> My phone number is. Yeah, no, I'm going to put it on eBay. I've, I've been looking at some the of the phone pr- number is Gabnet Live. Anyone who's yeah. interested, it's Gabnet Live. Go to Skype, yep. download it. Gabnet Live. Do you so. have a reserve? I haven't put it up yet, but I'm going to put a reserve on it because, and I usually just put it up for like forty bucks and let fifty bucks and let let it go from there. But I will put a reserve on it because I I, I want a, a minimum price for it, Jason. So because I'm kind of curious because my uh, we went to GameStop. I don't know if that's a national uh, store, and I bought my wife a used iPhone, mm-hmm. and I paid like two hundred bucks for it. So I didn't think it was that bad. I think it's an iPhone four or something. Like yeah, that. you you could still get about two hundred or one hundred and fifty for a four. I'm expecting what? for the five that they're up around four four and a quarter. I've seen them go for as much as five hundred. So is that what you're thinking you're going to be selling yours for? Hell yeah. It's got all the original packaging. The only thing it doesn't is it have. unlocked? No, it's not. It but has, that's anybody yeah, can unlock them. unlocked if you're going to get 500 bucks for it. But you can yeah. unlock it. Anybody can yeah. unlock a phone. All you need is the codes to yeah, unlock the phone. Your services. They might not have the service. Or You just have to call AT&T or whoever your provider is. If it's already out of contract or if you've already paid for it, um, they should give you the yeah. unlock code for it. Sure, I could get it unlocked. I don't see the – let the next person decide what they want to do with it. I'll give you 200 bucks right now. Nah, 200 <laughs> bucks. Come on. Do I hear 250? Do I hear 250? Yeah. <laughs> We just had a storage auction here today. What about the loyalty program? Well, lo- loyalty, you mean Gabnet loyalty? He's a loyal listener. Oh, so the Gabnet loyalty program. That's right. <laughs> I'll take that's that into consideration. That's what you Friday night, right? That's right. Oh, that's going to be Friday night's prize for the game oh, show. Oh, right. <laughs> the winner gets an iPhone 5. By the way, Rob, I wanted to ask you, um, we're not going to be able to play, obviously, the next two Friday. Well, yeah, the next two Fridays. Um, so uh, you're going to have different categories each yeah, week? Yeah, it'll be completely oh. different categories. I've already got them picked, and I'm changing the rules a little bit. I'm taking Alex's advice. Um, I'm going to be, we're going to subtract a point if you get the wrong answer. If you buzz in I- and make the wrong answer, you're going to get a point taken away. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, like like, I kind of like that, but uh, yeah, I liked the fact that everybody could guess, and it didn't cost them anything. You know, I liked hearing the other guesses. Yeah, because they... I liked hearing the other ones that weren't right. But I guess you're right. It, you know, if it costs you a point, you shouldn't be giving other people hints. There's another thing about it that makes it a little easier on me, and that is people who say I I heard I I already said that or I or I got in first. I think it'll be less people saying their name all at once because people will be afraid to lose a point. Right. So, be sure. And there'll be no more no right. more true and false. We're done with true-false. Yeah, oh, good. yeah good that's idea. gone. True-false yeah, is gone. Right 
Yeah, those were right. Alex's suggestions. The only thing about the, the keeping score is, uh, you know, it's a pain in the ass. I'm, I'm a one-man band. I got something on my feet. I got something on my hands. Uh, you know, I got all this stuff, all these screens going, but I decided how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to have two different scoreboards and, and just mark them in each and then just do a subtraction of the other one and be able to, because to try oh, to... clever. Yeah, that's the only way I'm going to be able to do it. I can't start, you know, doing mathematics in the middle of the game. It's, even though it's simple math, it's just uh, not going to work out too well. Jason? Don't worry, Rin's going to keep you on, on target. Oh, she does, no question about it. Jason? I, I was going to say, you know, I, I wasn't, I don't know. I, the, the true faults, I think that should still stay, but um, I think you should have just made a rule. You can't shout out your name until the end of the question. You know, and that would help a lot too, because what's really, you know, you're not really winning anything. So well, but think about it. Say, if I, if uh, I, if I let people, if I let people shout out at the beginning and this is burned, I think it burned Doug one week. He, he heard the first sentence, but he didn't hear yeah. the second sentence and it completely, you know, he doesn't get to hear the rest of the question. I think Doug actually did that three times last Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like kind of normal with me, not only on quiz shows, but like on any program though, I kind of. I'm sorry, Are you saying that you hear what you want? I hear, <laughs> I hear, I hear the voices in my head, and I hear the and music that says it's time to go, because uh, Alex Bennett is up trip, next. You guys. And uh, thank you all. Have a have a safe trip, and we'll see you when you get back. And thank everybody else for being part of the Citizen Panel this night. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Don't forget that Alex Bennett is next with the Ramble at 10 at midnight tonight. It's Adventure Night with Revelstoke Jim and Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content. So please join us this evening for all the fun on the Great American Broadcast Network. I will see you tomorrow night, 9 p.m., and we'll do it again. Have a great night, all. Good night.